Welcome to the Wonder Women Tech Show, where we highlight, celebrate, and amplify women and BIPOC voices. We're bringing Wonder Women Tech to the airwaves. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Brunson. Lisa Mae Brunson, the host of the Wonder Woman Tech Show, and I am here today with South LA tech royalty, Cassie Betts. She is the founder of District2.co and Made in South LA Dev Shop. She's also the founding member of Black Women in Tech. First of all, you know, like you are South LA royalty. You are South LA tech royalty woman. Like I am so excited because, you know, if you, if you talk to, if you talk to anyone in Los Angeles about like the tech space and you ask for recommendations on like, you know, who can I connect with? Like Cassie Betts name comes up. And so like you have crossed, you know, my emails multiple times over the years. And so First of all, I want to talk about the fact that you were part of Wonder Woman Tech in our year one. So wow. like you've been with us since since Wonder Woman Tech's first yes. conference. Remember? Yeah, I do. Clearly, yes. And I was like super stoked thinking, oh my God, like I, I got Cassie Betts to be in our conference. And, you know, at that point, we did not know what the hell we were doing, by the way. <laughs> one we were going to make it a big deal but behind the scenes we did not I mean we were just like okay this is what we're going to do I mean when you lead by vision you just make something happen right but you know I was so excited to have you on board and I was nervous you know and um and and not only that you know just having you you know one of the things that first struck me about you was that you were so down to earth and nice (laughs) I mean is like diva queen like that's why I'm calling you like royalty because like you exude this this charm and this uh you know this existence that is like you know respect me because I am brilliant and if you look at your CV you look at your bio you look at all the amazing things that you've done I mean you should look like that Well, 
so yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that struck me about you was, you know, you, you just had this personality that was welcoming. And I think that's likely an asset in the work that you do because you are, you know, the founder of district two and, you know, made in South LA, Misla and doing so much work for our community um, as a founding member for Black Women in Tech. You know, it's been a while since I've seen you. I'd love to hear like what you've been up to because is is there anything you can't do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I am, like I said, living my dream. So I had this dream literally 10 years ago um, to start... At that time, it wasn't a tech center. It was like a space where kids could come and learn fashion and music and, you know, get love and support and mentoring. And um, actually, my at the time, my husband's bandmates, they were like in this band on, I think it was DreamWorks, they were signed to. And he was like, Cassie, we should do the center, you know, where we teach kids, you know, he played the drums. Bam, shout out to Bam. Bam gave me this idea, literally. He was like, we should do a center where you, you teach fashion and like, the technical side of it, because he realized like fashion isn't just about drawing pretty pictures. It's actually a lot of tech, a lot of math involved, right? He's like, you teach that. We'll teach music, audio engineering, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, great. And then I'm moving forward, and he like went to Japan on a tour. Like, I'm going to do this without you. <laughs> he was like, sayonara. district two but i was always doing this this honestly miss love was born what before it was called miss love was more of a passion like working with kids working with homeless youth because i was a homeless youth you know and so and i connect very well with young people because of what i've been through abuse homelessness you know when you go through that and you're open about it and share it it it, it just gives me like instant street cred, I guess, or instant respect of like, no, like I slept outside. You understand? You will listen to, to the words coming out of my mouth right now because I'm not here for no other reason other than I love you. So let's go, you know, so. I feel um, your pain. I feel your okay, pain, you know? Okay. Yeah. And, and I, and someone helps me out of that, you know? So, and then I have a whole other side story, which again, I don't know how much time we got. Girl, let's roll. We, we, <laughs> we here. <laughs> Not with 
the the kids or not with the community but actually within the school there's always like i feel like when you come in and you do these things that brings money everybody thinks like you get the money (laughs) 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 so so we got fifty thousand dollars from mark ridley thomas's office um that went to the school i didn't get to touch But they do, right? They do. It's so true. I mean, everybody, like, we had all this check. But still, like, we're all working for free. I have a whole team of volunteers. Me, Philip Bates, um, Chris, I can't even think of all their names right now, but it was a whole crew of us. We all, um, Edward, Chris, Philip, Sean, I know the first names. Okay, got it. So we all started. Pass. You pass. You know, we started this one. Uh, Brian Bowser, I remember he did the logo, and um, initially we're just like, you know, we're going to work with kids, uh, and that's how it was born, and, you know, trying to do this whole tech center thing has been something that, this is like my third go-around, um, now partnering with Vermont Slauson Economic Development Corporation, VSEDC, um, of doing it now, <laughs> finally. <laughs> actually happening amazingly so how like when was this idea first conceptualized and like when did you launch so how much time from that to where you're at now well I mean the conversation with Bam happened like in 2009 okay oh wow and then um I was actually going through I think in 2014 I had a 2013, 2014, around the same time when I started District 2, I started, uh, you know, I had papers where I was like, uh, had my little outline of what this like, little tech center would do. We would teach kids how to code. We would teach them multimedia, you know, like all things tech. Like it was just all about technology because I felt like like that's how we, that's how we fight gentrification. That's how we fight poverty. That's how we fight racism. I mean, honestly, like if we own the tech, if we're creating and not consuming, it's a game changer. Thank you. So that's one of the things I was just really adamant about. Um, and so I went to, I went to Vermont Slauson when Marva um, ran it. Um, and it was just too soon for them. I think I went in 2013. She was just like, uh, not what she was doing. She was doing economic development, um, small businesses, uh, not dealing with kids at the time, you know? So then when Joe Roseanne took over, I went back and I just, I remember our first meeting, uh, I showed him the whole pitch deck of like the tech center. We're going to teach, we're going to do coding. We're going to do VR. He was like, look, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot, Kathy. <laughs>
you know, all of that kept growing. And honestly, to be honest with you, as far as District 2, I had kind of lost my love for it. Like, I, I lost my love for um, the fashion industry when I just really realized, I mean, I always knew what it was. Like, it's consumerism. It's materialism. That's what it is. But that's not the part I loved. I, I love the indie design. I love the art behind it, you know? Yes. And that's so rare. It's, it's, it's such a struggle. Like, for real artists to win in the fashion industry because at the end of the day, you know, who can afford this thousand dollar jacket? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the fashion industry just has so many barriers for people like you and I, you know, to mm-hmm. not just from the creative side, but from the economic side, you're right mm-hmm. to be able to buy the dress that we love, you know, from a designer that we love. So I can imagine why you would become, you know, disillusioned by the industry. Right. And again, but I mean, I adore fashion because it's, it is art when it's done right. But, uh, the way I was living it was not about art. It was about bottom dollar. It was, you know, I was making a living. I was just like getting pimped basically, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) not even, not even getting to wear any of the stuff I'm designing. Like I can't even afford this, you know? Um, and then when I built District 2, when I really started to look into how much can, can like, actually kids, um, I did a pitch competition and kids were the judges and the kids asked, um, how can you make sure, you know, your factories are ethical? Because District 2 connects designers with factories. And so the kids asked me, you know, how do you know? And I was just, I think I made up sign. I, I have a little made up answer. And I answered it, but in reality, the more I researched it, the more I realized it is nearly impossible to really make sure all the factories on your platform are ethical. Don't have little kids sewing, you know, um, are you know paying great good wages. Uh, you know, it's it's very difficult, and I just was like, it just started to kind of get to me. Um, and then also, I was having issues with my, my co-founder. He, he he had, like, a little midlife crisis, decided he wanted to sail the seas, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh, but, you know, the biggest, baddest VC is calling me, like, every week, right? Like, every month, literally. I'm not going to name this VC, but, like, the biggest, baddest VC was literally on my job. And we just had to automate, finish automating our platform and grow it. And he just, he just, like, left. And it was... Uh, really difficult to find another engineer because all the money, all the money was spent, you know, and I was just tired. I, you know, you know, the startup grind, I mean, oh, yeah. hours a day, it's like your life, you give your heart, your soul, your life yeah. to that startup. It is your baby, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, I'm tired. I have failed. The, well, <laughs> I mean, you haven't failed. You haven't failed, but the burnout is real, right? The burnout is real. It's still like live. It still makes more money than it costs, you know. But in, in the in the world of like, when I tell people how much it makes, they're like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" And I'm like, "No, it's not." Like in the world of tech, this is terrible. You don't understand. If you're not making millions, you're not winning. Period. You know. And so in the world of tech, it's a failed tech company. Um, however. It got me so many places. I, I have no regrets whatsoever, you know, um, and it still makes money, you know, it does, but I am probably going to shut it down 
and um, I'm not going to talk about the other te- the new tech company that I'm working on, um, but it is related to what to my work now with the community and the kids, um, and I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> so essentially, you have to pivot as the rest of the entire world right now in this COVID pandemic. <laughs> right. So. Right. So honestly, my love, my first, my real, real, real passion, like the thing you do for free, that's your real passion, you know? So I was teaching kids to code since 2014, mentoring girls in the fashion industry since 2000. As long as I can remember, I've always mentored um, homeless youth, at-risk youth, uh, worked with them, done fashion shows when I was, you know, rocking it in fashion, now in tech. So for free, 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 you know, for free 99, <laughs> I was spending hours, you know, doing this because I was passionate about it. And now, you know, I get a pretty steady income, stream of income from this, from teaching kids the code, from exactly what I was doing for free for, God knows, five years, you know? So it's just such a blessing. I'm so grateful to have that and still be in tech, you know, where the money is. Like, I'm still, I'm still, I've learned to, like, now I know how it really works. You know, when you launch a startup, all the things I did wrong, you know, I've learned so much. The next startup, girl, it's, it's going to be sad. It's going to be unfair. <laughs> it's going to be unfair the next startup I launch. Like, people will be like, damn. You know, so. But I'm sure it's because of like all of the life lessons that you've been through, your experience and the quote unquote failures, you know, because you're failing up. Everything is an opportunity to learn and grow and then come out as a badass, right? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, Best Buy and the Clubhouse Network are our main partners. Best Buy is sponsoring the Best Buy Teen Tech Center that will be in South L.A., um, across from the slots and swap meet right so i've visited a lot of their tech centers and they have a wall of failures <laughs> i was like like literally a wall of failures literally a wall of fa- like all the kids failures you know and i was like that is so important to celebrate your failures because um if you don't you'll stop you know like people are like oh my god it's so negative cassie to be like you know we're gonna fail like it's Every person <laughs> fails. You know how many failures I have? I mean, Over. with Wonder Woman Tech, I'm like, well, that didn't go right. Like, <laughs> like there's there's so many fa- aspects of your work that just are just failures. And you learn and you from them. in front of thousands of people. Thousands, <laughs> literally. Hundreds of thousands, maybe. You know, you are failing. And that takes cojones. You know what I mean? Like, that takes a special kind of person to um, be like, I'm probably going to fail and everybody's going to know it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to fail. This has to be perfect. And I, I tell businesses all the time, especially with their websites, oh my God, everybody wants their website to be so freaking perfect. I'm like, if you don't launch this bad boy, I will stab you. You know? <laughs> it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Never. Like, do you want to say that Google is currently not perfect right now? Facebook, Google, like none of them are perfect. Zero dollars if we don't put it out. 
But it's um, so true. Like, I remember when I first started Wonder Woman Tech, I was so worried about failing. failing. Like, everything had to be perfect. And every, like, otherwise I wouldn't do it because it had to look a certain way. And then when things just did not look a certain way, <laughs> like, I... I learned over time that it was okay. And so now I own my failure failures. Now I own my failures because I'm like, okay, well, this is an opportunity to grow and, you know, build even greater. And so now I'm publicly talking about the things that don't work out for me, you know, and that has transformed, you know, the way that I do business. Believe it or not, people are now showing up for me because I'm being authentic and real and saying, I need help, or this isn't working out, or I'm not raising enough money. And now people are able to show up in better ways because I'm pretty much like, this didn't work out, so I need some help. And people are coming to the woodwork, you know, they're they're picking up, you know, the, the pace and filling the gaps. And I would have never done that two years ago. Never done that when, you know, I first launched Wonder Woman Tech when you were around, you know, I would have never said to you, Cassie, oh my God, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Can you help me out here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I say that on the regular. Like I have no idea what I'm doing, you know? And what's more fun, what's even funnier is when, you know, I'm in front of a class of kids and I'm supposed to be the person who knows what they're doing. I'm like, yeah, no, I have no idea what I'm doing. Because I even tell my interns, I'm like, um, well, I don't know, so we're gonna figure it out together. We're gonna we're gonna work through this together. We're in this together. <laughs> yeah, um, I think our so our coding this this summer it was all virtual, right? So our kids have literally, I think they just literally started. It's been we're three weeks in, and they wrote their first line of code like yesterday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because first we realized, uh, like half of them had to get back their their laptops to school once uh, summer started, so we had to get laptops, you know. <laughs> then we realized all of them had Chromebooks, and you know you can't really code on Chromebooks, right? No, because you can't download things. You can't download Adam as text editor. You can't download. You can't do Photoshop and Illustrator. You know, there's a lot you cannot do with a Chromebook. So. It took us three weeks to, I was like, no, there's a way, you know, me and Quinn, who was our main um, coding instructor, it took us three weeks and she's tried 15 different text editors, online text editors, before she found one, um, which by the way is GitPod, everybody, uh, I should be like their sponsor, they're like, so it's person GitPod, okay, is the jam, you can actually code online completely online um there's and it involves terminal and github i know we're all getting techie nerdy now but that is what we found and now we're rocking and rolling in on chromebooks which is (laughs) insane okay um yeah i don't know who made chromebooks the like student laptop of the century but it is and so so i think that's a challenge for like samsung and apple to rise for the challenge you think I mean, it shouldn't have been that hard, you know, like, you guys never planned on, like, coding on this thing, you know, uh, like, real coding, like, building real websites, uh, it, it was like, they 
next iteration. Next yeah, iteration. I was like emailing Chromebooks. Like I was like trying to find the Chromebook company on, on Twitter. Like, hey guys, can you help me out here? Right? Well, we yeah. use the Chromebooks for our junior innovation camps when we work with the middle school kids. And we have to download we 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 use CS first. So we, we use like the Google software to do that. But yeah, uh, but you but, want can you build a real website? I'm talking no. we are building real websites. We are deploying them. You know what I mean? We are pulling code from Git. You know, uh, we're using terminal, you know, so it's like, you know, real grown up coder. Yeah, no, you <laughs> like, you're you're doing the things. You're doing the yeah, things. Doing it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, our our coding camps are, are a little different because, and that's the thing I noticed I was missing was like, um, can I hire any? Like after a couple months, can I hire any of these kids? You know, no, you know, not with most of the. Um, the uh, beginner level coding that exists, but um, but with ours you can't. You know they can do basic website. If the website's been built, they can do all the changes. They can make any change to your website right now. If you were like, hey Cassie, send me a kid. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey Cassie. <laughs> hey Cassie, send me a kid. I send you a kid, but I would like you can work with me through me, and I would make sure the kid gets it done. You know. <laughs> as part of their uh, programming. I love that. So, so tell me more about the kids. Are they like inner city youth? Um, where are these kids coming from? Absolutely. Um, yeah, from South LA. So um, we were very specific. Um, I mean, when we were uh, in the building, you know, before COVID hit, it was everyone in the, from the schools, from the local schools um, or the local nonprofits. Cause I, of course I've, had been working with a lot of the nonprofits, so I would just send out an email like, "Hey guys, you know we have scholarship for coding boot camps," um, and they would send them, and that's where they're from. Um, I mean, we we can't even service all the kids. We couldn't at the time, um, so we're working on being able. To, we had 153 signups, you know, last summer. Um, oh wow! Well, for this for this summer. For this summer, we had 153 applications, and we can only take like 20. <laughs> so, so, so we're like, ooh, because it's just it's just too much, you know. And even 20 is, is a lot. Um, because you have to get like the that you have to get their laptops, right? Because there's probably well, a digital divide, right? So they had Chromebooks. Oh well, you had to get them. Yeah. Did you don't did you give them the Chromebooks to work off of? No, they they get them from school, and then oh. um, we did have extras. Um, you know, we did have extra laptops, so we, we managed to get everybody, pretty much everyone on laptops, um, and then we also changed our curriculum to be mobile friendly, so we, not only, the two focuses of, um, my bootcamp, Misla, and Vermont Slauson is, like, um, in, in the technology space, is the tech coding, you know, building apps and websites, and multimedia, because uh, multimedia is such a big deal because, you know, if we control the narrative, yep. we control our future, you yep. know? So um, not only do we want to build the platforms that distribute the narrative, you know what I mean? Like, we want to build, create the narrative. Like, right now, this podcast is the narrative. So it's important. This is multimedia. This yep. is very important for our future because that's how 
that's how racism spread. That's how systemic racism was was spread in the first place because of the newspapers and how they made us look. You know, all the men are all black men are rapists and all the black women are just you know sex fiends or whatever. You know, it was just this is how they assassinated our character and made it okay because it made us less than human. So it made it okay to do the things that they did to us. Um, even, you know, far after slavery and still now, you know, like if you look at the news of the right wing news and the left is just completely different. I'm like, it's the same story, but the way it's told is just crazy. Like I intentionally tricked the Facebook algorithms to show me, um, right wing conservative stuff. And I'm just, blown away at um literally the same footage but the narrative is different well you know it's it's so interesting that you're talking about this because you know when we had to pivot with wonder women tech the first thing i told my team is we're building a multimedia platform like this is where we need to live this is where we need to create the most impact with these same demographics because you're right we have not had a seat at the table in all of those spaces where our character is assassinated. And I love how you sort of like bring us to this place where we can look at how we can make an impact and change that. And, you know, with the work that you're doing with working with the, with the younger generation and making sure that they're upskilled, you know, I feel like we are at a precipice where this is an important time for us to make that impact that we need to be making, you know, the black lives matter movement, um, which is happening right now. Um, how do you feel like this is going to take us into the next century? Um, as far as the black lives matter, as far as the black lives matter and like how we are, you know, responding to that with, with the way that we do business. Uh, well, I think, you know, I can already see it now. So the whole Black Lives Matter literally was a trend. I I can see the down, the trend in it. I, I knew this would happen. You know, it's like, it was all trendy, the whole thing. But like, and then now it's just kind of um, like something happened recently. Um, oh yeah, there was a, another film, like a whole another video where literally they killed another black man um, by suffocation. But this video is not on any major media outlet. <laughs> you know, like it's just. So it's like BLM was not, good for six anymore. weeks. Yeah. It was like six yeah. weeks, and then after six weeks, we're done. Like, what's next? That's, you know, that's life. Um, but there are a lot came from that. You know, a lot of partnerships came out of that in my in my space. Personally, a lot of people saw what they didn't know was what they didn't know. I mean, it's shocking to me and you, but a lot of people didn't know it was that bad. They didn't know the things that were happening. So now I'm having all these conversations with a lot of uh, my colleagues and, you know, former investors. And they were just like, oh, my God, like it was like we were making up systemic oppression. Like we were just making that up, you know? Yeah, no, it's so true. My I, my inbox was blowing up with people like asking questions. What can we do? I feel guilty. I had strangers, 
you know, writing me from, you know, our conferences saying, I had no idea it was this bad. What can I do? I feel like, what can I sell t-shirts and donate the money to a black owned company? You know, it was really insane. The first three weeks, I'd have to say I was actually like triggered by, by, by everything that happened, you know, like those first several weeks after George Floyd, um, was murdered, uh, were probably some of the hardest weeks I've lived since my childhood because it was so traumatic for me to have to relive, you know, what I actually do live through every day. But it was like it's blatantly in your face all at once by everybody, you know, and I stood outside of my front door and somebody called me the N-word. Like in those weeks, you know, in those days and weeks. And it was like, it was just such this energy that was happening. Right. And, and you're, you're right. The momentum dies down after a few weeks and then it's like business as usual. In those first few weeks, everybody was like, there was companies that were like, what can we do? We're going to throw money at you. You know, black owned businesses, let's give you 5,000. Let's give you 10,000. Let's give you 20,000, you know, and then you're right. Crickets. It's like what, right. like what net, how do we create a sustainable space where we continue to be supported and funded, right? right? Exactly. But like, I will call you out, you know, like all, <laughs> all the corporations who y'all said publicly, like, look, I'm not going to say your names right now, but there are some corporations that literally did press releases about the money they were going to give us that they have yet to write a check. You know, thank so, you. Like, I will call you out if we don't get out. <laughs> I will get gangster in a heartbeat. Like, don't make the gangster cats to come out. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be all on social media calling out all kind of corporations. Um, so, what you're saying, Cassie, is three months from now, we're going to revisit and see who, who followed through. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know. Because don't make a promise and just because it was trendy. At, not just this year, it's happened to us in the six years we've been in existence where we've mm. been told, oh, we're, we love what you're doing. We're going to do ABC. We're going to come in at $100,000 and they give us and they give us 15, you know. So this is something that we experience as not just women, but black women. Like we yeah. we are like and I, and I don't know, you know, I want to talk about having to prove ourselves you know, like we come up with these brilliant ideas. You talked about being supported, but I want to go to a space where you were not supported, where you had to prove yourself. Was there ever a time where you felt like you were just spinning your wheels and trying to just be seen and heard? Oh God. Yeah. Pretty much every time you go into a new space, like when I first went into fashion, when I first went into tech, um, every new space you go into, that's kind of, that's expected, you know, like you have to prove yourself. And I'm, I think I'm okay with that. Like, I, I think, um, I don't know if I'd want it any different. I think it's made me who I am. Um, I kind of like the shock and awe that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're a badass. It's like, oh, little black girl at a at a ten conference. <laughs> That's funny, you know. And then <laughs> and then they speak to me or they see something I've built and they're like, Wait, you you built that? Like <laughs> they're like, There's PHP in there. Like, I'm like, Yeah, I know. You know? Like, oh, wow. So the shock at all is pretty cool. And then you can also see 
understand the words that are coming out of their mouth. Yep. You know, um, that's pretty cool. I like, I think I kind of like being underestimated because it shows who people really are. And then it kind of puts you at an advantage because they've like totally shown their ass. You know? <laughs> misogynistic or racist, <laughs> um, you know, and they're, like, embarrassed because they realize they just did a super misogynistic slash racist, uh, made a racist statement, or, you know, by assuming, I had one guy assume I was, like, the coffee girl, uh, you know, at a tech, he, he asked me to get him coffee, girl, and I was a keynote speaker, okay? Oh, <laughs> my God. You know what I love about this perspective? I love... <laughs> I love this perspective because, you know, a lot of us don't think, and I'll even say for myself, like, I don't always think like that. Like, oh, the shock and awe factor. Like, I'm, you know, sometimes I walk away with feeling kind of defeated, but you just, you just brought a whole new perspective to me because I remember I was at CES and I was in my, I mean, I wear dresses, cowboy boots and crowns, you know, flower crowns. Like I do, like. And I walk in and I'm the guest speaker as well, the keynote speaker. And, and they're like, and of course, you know, the founder of Wonder Women Tech and I walk in and they're looking at me and I've literally, you know, you see those looks where they're looking you up and down. I've tried to, to, it's almost feels like infiltrating their space. You know, like you're coming in, you're having a conversation. They roll their eyes. They look another way. They talk to, you know, the man next to you. Yeah, the man next to you, and you are invisible. And I've, Mm -hmm. you know, and I will have to admit, just being in a vulnerable space, I have walked away feeling defeated. You know, sometimes I'll walk away and go grab a drink or, you know, go into a corner somewhere or find someone else like myself, which is very rare. I know, you just just like put me on blast right now. Look, next time you feel that, I'm going to need you to see my face in your head. <laughs> I'm going to look at your headshot, Cassie, and be like, that's tech royalty. What would Cassie do, okay? You know, Cassie, <laughs> I've been in this situation where literally I'm standing there and they're having, you know, it's all, you know, white men and they're having a conversation about tech and investments and this and that. And they're literally talking over me. No one is looking at me. No one is speaking to me. I'm like, I'm looking like really I'm standing right here, you know? And they'll just talk and talk and talk, and I'll just be quiet, 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 and then all of a sudden, I speak. <laughs> the shock and awe, girl. Like, I'm, I'll just let them keep going. And literally, and then the moment I speak, that's when they're like, whoa. And they see me for the first time, and they're like literally blown away because what are you saying? Look, I... First of all, I look younger than I am, so they think I'm like twenty something, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Right, you look really young. Uh huh. You, you can literally pass for like twenty five, you see. You know. So Thank you. You're floral. <laughs> you, know, you look like a, like a little hippie young girl. Right? <laughs>
a company for or a uh, what is it? Not a company, but a what is the word I'm looking for? It's from the mayor's office. Uh, Pledge Alliance is directly associated with the mayor's office. An so initiative. You said an initiative. Thank you. Thank you, girl. <laughs> hey, look, we gotta look out for each other. We gotta look out for each other. <laughs> And so, yeah, when you start dropping certain names, because um, that's what, you know, they, you don't know who they is. They, yeah, this they. Is these names, you know, and they're just like, oh, okay, you know, and then you start dropping dollar amounts, you know, how much you raise, um, and the other tech companies you're working with, and they're just like, oh, can we uh, have a meeting next week, you know? <laughs> The greatest feeling on the planet when you convert a skeptic. It's the greatest feeling on the planet. You know, Cassie, I'm going to, like, next time I feel inferior or I'm dealing with the imposter syndrome, I will do WWCD. What would Cassie do? I'm going to put a picture of you in my little compact mirror compact and, be, and like open that up when I'm having a bad day <laughs> and be like WWCD. <laughs> yes. And you know, the other thing I do is I never directly call people out on their shit. Like I actually don't call people out. So for example, wow, the guy, okay. The guy, yeah. So because you don't have to, because the guy who asked me to get him coffee, right? Um, I was, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just let him live because I'm near the kitchen, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm the only woman here, and I'm the only woman of color. So, of course, I'm the coffee girl, you know. I was like, that's both misogynistic and racist, but I'm just gonna go get him some coffee, right? So, I go <laughs> get him coffee. I'm like, would you like cream and sugar? <laughs> I was like, right, cool, no problem. Let's go get it. I was like, oh, my name is Cassie. What's your name? You need to tell me. I was like, that's great. I'll see you around, you know. Um, they call my name to the stage because um, I'm the speaker. I walk up there, and I just looked at him. <laughs> I, <laughs> I gave him love it. Yo ass really thought I was the coffee girl look. You know, I gave him this look, and it wasn't even, I think it was just like I smiled. It was just like, a, you know how you do your finger, the two finger, like, I see you. <laughs> but I'm really going to walk around thinking that in my head now, you know, I, being such uh, an, uh, an amazing and innovative person, you know, just even talking to you right now, I'm like, whoa, I underestimated you because I already thought you were amazing, but just to be able to like hear you in action and how you think, because you, 
you know, we don't always get to sit inside the mind of an innovator and understand like how they operate. So having this conversation, I'm like, well, she's a badass. <laughs> I and, really that's like genuine and real you know that when I came to you not just you know you spoke at our first conference but then I, I did that other event um where I invited you to be a panel at uh, we did a, a panel with uh, WeWork and I was like hey we're doing this panel and you didn't hesitate to say yes and jump in and you know be part of what we were doing again and and even on this podcast we were like hey season one can you get involved? And so, you know, it really is a testament to your character because not everyone is like that. You know, there's people that are afraid of supporting other people because it's like, oh, you're going to take what I, what I want. Like there's not enough for both of us. Right. I've seen that in this industry, you know, in the tech space for women of color, black and Latina, uh, indigenous women, like we have a hard time getting to the higher spaces and getting the funding. So it is, you know, while, while there is opportunity that we support each other, there is that other side, not just, not just other black women, but just women in general who will not support each other. Right. Because it's difficult for us. It's difficult for us to like, how many of us can say, Oh, we have, Best Buy. <laughs> that's that's like funding our ideas. You know what I mean? Like you have to claw and scratch your way to get there in some form or fashion. But, you know, it sounds yeah. like you've done it with integrity. Yeah. And you need allies. You know, um, it's been it. It was a game changer when Anna Burtech became an ally. Um, and I was just like, oh, this is what it feels like. I have a budget. You know, like, this is what it feels like. <laughs> What does it feel like, girl? Tell me. What, is, what does it feel like to have a budget? And this is the thing that is also blows my mind. It's like it is statistically proven that Black women founders kill it. I mean, I I I, I can name numbers and stats and whatever, but just to quickly give it. Yeah, let's just summarize this. We bad. Like when you give us because we're used to not having money and making yeah. it with no money, yep. when you give us a budget, like okay, you get one million dollars. That one million dollars will look like ten million dollars. Okay. Thank you. So Thank you. Um, yeah, because we know how to do this from it's in our DNA, you know? <laughs> we make that dollar stretch. You know, don't be like my mom was an immigrant. You know, don't be the daughter of an immigrant on top of it. You know, like yep. I, I know I, I will make this stretch. I will do what I have to do to win. You know, so when I get like yes, when I get real money, like a real like oh my god, three years? Like you're gonna fund this for three years like normal companies? You know, <laughs> that is incredible. Um, but 
you know, I wanted to go back to talk about something which you mentioned. You said um, something about the imposter syndrome. Yes. Um, the black black women, you know, people of color, a lot of times we do have the imposter syndrome. And I actually, I had, a couple of years ago, I felt this feeling because I was asked to speak at this event in, um, um, oh, it was like somewhere, you know, super, what is it? Redondo Beach, Newport Beach. It was girl, Newport Beach. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they asked me. Um, of course, again, only woman. I think I was legit. I was definitely the only black woman. So um, for for and the probably for the only woman of color at the whole event. Like it was like a se- a week long. It was like the top notch tech companies. You know, I mean, these people were making millions of dollars, and here I am making my like hundreds of thousands. You know. <laughs> well, so yeah. for those people that do not know what Newport Beach is, it's okay. like it's in Orange County, mm-hmm. and it's very you know prominent rich area. It's very white. Very white. <laughs> Not a South, like, so a South LA black woman coming in there. I can understand. I can understand your, 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 your feelings. Oh girl. And they had munching. When I tell you munching, they had munching for this, for this conference. I mean, clearly because they set me up in like the greatest hotel ever, um, for the week. It's a week long conference. Okay. So all the speakers are set up. I believe they paid, if I remember correctly. It was money, okay? Um, And I brought my kids because we had actually just finished a camping trip. I literally went from Catalina Island camping trip to this Newport Beach hotel. We were, like, filthy dirty. It was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could be a fly on the wall watching you guys walk in. I mean, everybody was really nice. I give them that. Everybody was really nice, you know, and they were very uh, nice. My kids, you know, it, it was all cool. Everybody was really nice, accepting all that. But I still felt like as I'm, because I think I maybe start, I talked on the fourth day, so I'm sitting through the first day, the second day, the third day, listening to all their tens of millions of dollars of problems. You know, <laughs> and, you know, I wish I had ten million dollar problems. You know? <laughs> And I'm just like, do I really have to speak? Did they just really bring, did they just call me because I was like the only black woman they could find? You know, because I am not of this caliber. Like, I felt like I don't belong here, right? So, comes my day to speak, you know. And everybody's talking, everybody's talking. And I said, and I'm listening to all their woes and all their problems and how life sucks, right? And for me, honestly, I was at a space where we were actually generating profit for District 2. Even though it wasn't millions of dollars, it was profit, and I was actually just in a really happy, cool space. Um, I didn't have, you know, millions of dollars to pay back from investors, but I get millions of dollars from <laughs> <laughs> Life's good! You know, I was just kind of chilling. Like, I was just feeling, I was so stressed, you know? And I said to them, I said, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I said... Um, if you look around the room, I'm the only black woman in this room. I said, and I felt I felt like an imposter. I said, but I said, um, one thing that I realized is what I have overcome to get here. I said, do you understand, like, um, 
not so long ago, like, I slept on cardboard boxes. Like, I slept outside. I slept on a bus stop bench. Like, I went from that to sitting here in front of you, Cassie Betts, who's making $100,000 instead of a million dollars like you or $10 million like you. I said, and I started a tech company. You know what I mean? Do you understand what it takes to go from sleeping outside <laughs> to starting a whole entire technology company and building the pl- I built, got the platform built. You know, I was like, do you understand what you have to overcome to do that? I said, so, you know what? I do deserve to be here. I do because the things that I have overcome to even get to this makes me somebody. You know, yes. and like the whole like rooms applauded, you know. And I just realized like we can't measure our dollars against dollars. You know, black people, we weren't we didn't start at the same level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So for for me to be at one space, I've actually accomplished a whole hell of a lot more than you, Sir Donald Trump, who was born into wealth, you know? So the starting point to the end point is so much greater than what, where they were at. Wow. That's so profound, Cassie. You know, I'm so glad I always, I actually always say like a little meditation. I say, please let me say something profound. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I say every time before I'm going to do an interview, a podcast, because this is like, forever this is my immortality right now this podcast people can listen to this when i'm dead and gone 50 years into the future you know so please let me say something profound you know i well i love this because on that note it's a great segue to where i want to go because we need we need to bring it we need to bring it to a place of vulnerability you know one of the reasons why i wanted to to build this podcast was to depict the real life journey of an entrepreneur and an innovator and like, you know, get to the root of who we are, that space of vulnerability, you know, just being authentic and and go deep down. And so um, I want to go to the deep down and talk about, you know, I want you to share something you've never shared with anyone else before. (laughs) You funny because... You know, most of the time before you do like a podcast, like people send you a little list of questions. You can kind of mentally prepare for them, but not you. Nope. Throw a question out. Why I work really well with kids though, like who have been through trauma and like inner city kids, because they're they're literally all have PTSD, legit. Like they've all been through either sexual abuse or physical abuse or like neglect, starvation, sometimes like a lot of things these kids in South Central are going through. um, You know and um, I think that's why I wanted to use my powers for good. You know, like, this is why I do what I do, not only with, with kids, but yes, a lot um, specifically with in communities of color and black women specific, because I think we have our own special traumas that we're all dealing with. But I thought of my thing, and I never told anybody. <laughs> Ooh. It's kind of funny, though. It's not... Um, it's okay. I think I just, I mean, I think I already set the stage for the real deep down. <laughs> now, let's go somewhere else, girl. Take us, take us there, Cassie. Take us there. Okay. I'm never telling you about it. So when I was a kid, when I was like a teenager, I don't remember, 18, 17 or whatever, um, I would practice in the mirror. <laughs> 
laughing and I don't even know why I'm laughing yet. <laughs> I would practice my interview with Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Legit, I've always had this dream, and I've always done these, these 
this in the mirror when I'm going to Oprah, but I never get that far because then I just start crying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cassie, I, I think that has to be the most adorable confession I have I have heard thus far. Like, that, that like, I took it deep down. You took it, like. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. Cassie Betts used to practice her interviews with Oprah. <laughs> I probably even like as recently as like last year was probably the last time I practiced. Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't just your childhood. Oh my god, I am love. I am loving this. WWCD, everybody. WWCD, get in front of your mirror and practice being interviewed by Oprah. Yes, I, I have had such a fun time. Like this, I, I don't even, I, I mean, I feel like we didn't even do a podcast. I felt like we were just like sitting in each other's living room, having drinks, doing happy hour, talking about all the things. Like it has been so fun. I I hate that. I'm looking at the time like, wait, we, we are going. Um, I hope we've inspired some people. I think we've said some pretty, like you said, profound things. We talked yeah, about yeah, we struggle. have. We kept it real. Let's let's talk about the good parts, okay? Let's talk about the good parts. How about that? Yeah. Of founding CEO land. <laughs> we talked about struggle. <laughs> no, I feel I feel like you've given like such a great range of like emotion and you know just experience because. First of all, I will have to say, like, you've you've impacted me. I'm not even kidding about the WWCD. Like, you've impacted me where I'm like, you know, it's just like it's a, an opportunity to reframe your experience because in in this space, it is challenging. It is difficult. Like, the reality is, as a black person, whether you're male or female, as a Latina person, whether you're male or female, as a person of color, like it is challenging, right? But the wins when they come, they are beautiful. Yeah, and right. They really do win for your whole like you. When I win, I know that like I'm winning for like black women or black America or you know like Filipino black women. Like I know that I'm representing. You know, I'm winning for like all of Hawaii. Like I grew up in Hawaii. I grew up in Illinois. I'm winning. You win it. You you want you're winning for the team. You're winning for the team. I'm winning and for every city I ever lived in. You know, like I'm winning for every homeless kid ever. So Aww. yeah, you you carry that with you, you know, um uh and, and you hope to make people proud, you know. Well, I am so proud of you and you know, I wanna ask you what I'm asking every guest on the show, you know. Would you take the easy road 
or would you take the road less traveled by and why? Oh, I mean, I kind of, I feel like I kind of answered that when I talked about, uh, um, you know, not having everything handed to me. Absolutely. This, this road is the harder road. It's definitely, definitely the less traveled up being a CEO. It's much easier. It would be so much easier for me. I am a fully trained, full stack web developer. The first job I was offered out of my six month program because I had CEO experience was $114,000. It is so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Take the money and run. (laughs) You know, and just stack my paper and like just be rich. You know, like I could, the things I could do with 114K a year and not having to invest it in a startup or invest it in my nonprofit or, you know, pay for computers for kids. The things I could do for myself, if I was selfish, would be so much easier. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know, so it's um, definitely, definitely harder to take that CEO uh, boss route. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to be the boss. No, I honestly, like, I love my relationship with Vermont Slauson because I am an independent contractor with them. I am my own boss. We are working together. I, they never make me feel like an employee or, you know, I, I make my own out. It's all great, but I still have like a team and I kind of have, have people to answer to, you know? And I personally, personally like that because I was the person responsible for everything for so long that now it's just like, okay, this is my lane and this is where I'm at with this team. And it's such a great feeling. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Who needs to be the CEO?" You know, <laughs> I, I could be the CTO, the COO. Like, I want to be part of the team. I don't want to be responsible for everything ever again. You know, oh. <laughs> uh, like even if I am the CEO, I want to be like, we need to all have equal responsibility, guys. You know, because um, man, it's hard. It's hard when people's lives are depending on you. You know, like right now, I mean, I have employees and I have uh, contractors who I, you know, I this business is paying their their bills, you know, some of the things we're doing, um, you know, building these websites. So, oh, let me do, let me talk about one of the things that, that is pretty awesome with our boot camps. So we're all about training them in ways that they can make money as quick, soon as possible. So web development you know, if you can build websites, you can make money, right? Mm-hmm. If you can do social media marketing, if you can do branding, if you know how to do branding the right way and a logo the right way, you know, a brand Bible with the correct fonts and, you know, you know how to identify the demographic. There's a whole science behind branding and marketing is one of the most complex <laughs> spaces that pays very well because it's hard to do. Um, and it's, it's like long-term results, you know, but it pays when you can get results, people will pay you very well for it. So these are the main things we're teaching. Um, and of course, like I said, all this revolves around multimedia and whatnot. And, um, so we've, um, been hired, like a lot of, um, small businesses will, oh my God, my son is doing a whole dance routine in front of me right now. Have a moment. I need. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where video.
video would have been perfect. Oh, God. So, oh, so anyway, <laughs> where was I before the dance retreat? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, local businesses are hiring us, um, a, the nonprofit, um, to do their uh, marketing, to build their websites, to manage their social media, to make campaigns. So it's super exciting. This is the, the first year. I mean, we've been doing it for a couple of years, but um, just websites. Um, really low key. So this is the first year we set up some processes, we hired some people, uh, we have a little bit of funding, you know, and we're going to just rock it. Um, and it's just exciting. I'm so excited to see what um, we come up with, you know, as a collective team of very dedicated mentors, volunteers, and youth, you know, what kind of campaigns we come up with. I'm like, just really excited about that. And we're excited, too. I mean, we're going to continue to follow your journey and see all the magic you're creating in the world because, you know what? We believe in you at Wonder Woman Tech, and I'm so excited to have spent this time with you to learn, like, the impact that you're making. And, girl, I love you. I'm kind of crushing on you right now. enjoyed this time with you like this has been like so fun and just like being in your presence for today it's been amazing I hope that our guests um who are listening right now are enjoying this as much as I have like I could probably spend hours and you know what I think I'm gonna have to have a reprise of like this whole conversation and like invite you back because well you know what we should have another we should do another one where I talk about so I have a whole like another what another life like I like this I do all this like tech kid stuff but then I also have this dating podcast and Ooh. I dating vlogs Ooh. <laughs> so there's that well because we will have to talk about that. I just hired a matchmaker. Yeah. But we talk about that next time. <laughs> yeah, next time on the Wonder Woman Tech Show, where we talk about dating as a CEO. Mm-hmm. Girl, dating in tech. Dating in tech. That's, a whole, that's literally a whole other so conversation. I have so much intel. Like, I am legit. Like, I literally have so many women in my inbox like for asking me for advice I'm like I'm gonna start charging y'all because all right Cassie can we can we do, can we talk about that at the Wonder Woman Tech Summit next month sure let's do it let's do it let's do it all right I I've appreciated this I am so excited to share you with the world. I want to keep you to myself, but, you know, this this is a podcast. It's a show. We got to keep doing it. So, innovators, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here, innovators. We'll see you next week when we take on the world one more time.